It all seems impossible, like we ain't got a chance of getting away from these men. But I take one look at the big man, at them cold, hard eyes from my dreams, and I think maybe, just maybe we're gonna make it. Then it all goes away. Then there's just noise. I can't remember anything. I can hear Mr. Jeppy, he's hurting the bad men, and, and I know he's gonna take care of me and keep me safe. So I let go, let myself float down into the blackness. That's when I hear the voice, his voice, calling me home. Jeff Lemire's Sweet Tooth, the deluxe edition, book one. In the beginning, there was nothing. Then there were comic books. Once you enter our world, there is no escape. Comic exposure begins in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast. My name is Josh Buckley, and with me, as always, is my half possum, half human hybrid child the one the only at travis rats here i can't do a possum I went, sound i went possum because it's the closest to a rat looking thing yeah. um for What's travis rats i sound like okay. i've only seen a possum i've only had a possum hiss at me take it from, from the top. front take it from the from top josh porch. <laughs> <laughs> from my possum. front porch yeah uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast, where Travis and I delve deep into graphic novels, or we have a little discussion about what's going on in the, on the pop culture world of comic books and nerddom. You are in for a comic book club episode. Travis and I are sitting down and talking about the Vertigo comic Sweet Tooth, written and drawn by Jeff Lemire, uh, with colors by Jose Villarubia. And Pat Brousseau on letters. Um, we are Jeff Lemire fans on the show. We've read a handful of Jeff Lemire items for this. You can go way back. We did Underwater Welder years ago. It was a great book. Uh, and this Ascender, is... Be- Ascender. That's Sender, yeah. This is becoming uh, And I think a- we did his Moon Knight. Did we do his Moon Knight? It wasn't. Was, was it Jeff Lemire did Moon Knight? No. Maybe. But we also did... Didn't we do the one where it's Animal like the Man. Justice League? It's Justice League, but it's not Justice League. Did we read that one for the show? Uh, oh, I'll check man. back in I the s- archives. <laughs> I swear we did. Well, I can't we remember. We did what some it's Animal called. Man. We did his Animal Man. Yeah, we did. It was Jeff Lemire's Animal Man. Uh, so we're talking Sweet Tooth, which is a Vertigo series, which is being turned into a Netflix series this summer. So we wanted to get a jump on it. This is one that I haven't read. It's been something that I've wanted to read. I see it all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I should really read that. I really like Jeff Lemire. But it's one of those things that I hadn't committed to because I didn't want to have to read all of them. Because right. I know me, Travis. Right. And I know that once I've read it, I'm going to want to consume all of it. You got a sweet tooth for comic books, my friend. I do. Oh, I have a sweet tooth for finishing something when I really like it. And I know that I like Jeff Lemire. And in my head, I was like, if I read this, I'm going to have to read all of it. Yeah. Uh, and you were like, hey, Josh, let's do this book. And I was like, damn you, Travis. 
costing only, me money. The only way you can satisfy your sweet tooth is by filling it in with more comics. I like that. I like that. I like that. So we, Travis, what made you decide to go, hey, bud, let's read this. Was it just the Netflix? Did you see the trailer? Did you hear about it? What made you think we should do this one? Well, Josh, interesting question. Like you, I have seen Sweet Tooth has always been in the background. Like if I go, like I've been reading comics digitally for the last couple of years. Every time I open up my reading app, it's like, hey, based on your reading, you should read Sweet Tooth. When I go to a bookstore, is I always see a trade of it uh, somewhere. Since way back in the day, Sweet Tooth is always like... I'm very familiar with the covers of Sweet Tooth. Yeah. Um, and when I heard the Netflix show was coming out, I was like, okay, we had put this off for so long reading this book. I guess now is a, is a good as time as any, now that it's a little bit more topical now, to get into this uh, trade. To get now, into that Sweet Tooth, we're, right? We read the deluxe edition book one. So it's, it is not the whole run of it, but it is the deluxe edition. So it uh, does, Is it like eight issues or something it felt like, like about eight it felt like about eight issues um and an interesting thing about sweet tooth is even though i've seen this cover and i've heard people praise it ooh, uh, i've heard people i had no it. idea what it was about no idea me either me either no idea what it was about um and so 12 I'm, issues I'm getting, it's 12 we read 12 issues back there. 12 12 issues really this yeah, does not we, feel like 12 issues yeah this is yeah. uh issues one through 12 yeah, I I don't know what it was about. I knew it was a boy with antlers. Getting that's into it, that's this, all I knew. Getting into this, I was surprised at the genre of the book. Yes, yeah. Let's talk. another another post apocalyptic book. Josh. We are we are, but it doesn't it doesn't feel as post apocalyptic as some of the other post apocalyptic books we've read. It feels it's more like very, a dark fairy tale. Yeah, that's all very on the outside of it. You're not, you know, it's not as, I mean, I guess it talks about it quite an awful lot, but it doesn't feel as post-apocalyptic as some of the books we've read recently because it's not as in your face, right? Yeah. Um, so essentially, Sweet Tooth is about a young boy who grows up in, a young buck who grows up in the woods with his father. He has antlers. He's half. I don't know why I just did antlers on my head. Like people will be able to see this, but he has antlers on his head. He is like a hybrid between a deer and a boy. And his very religious father keeps him hidden in the woods until his dad dies. Not a spoiler. It happens pretty early. He goes and sets off on his own is rescued by a gruff old man and well, encounters a gruff old man encounters a gruff old man uh calamity ensues mm -hmm. bad things happen shadowy organizations i don't know if yes. shadowy is the right word but uh uh resistance nefarious uh, nefarious. yes there, there it is go. brother yeah, yeah. nefarious organizations uh uh get a hold of sweet tooth and you know how that works there's labs there's cages uh there's mutated uh human beings there's open chest surgeries uh yes. and uh there's a search for a cure josh there's a search for a cure for some disease that killed off a bunch of people you don't get a lot about what it is they think it's tied to when the when the disease happens at the same time we start getting hybrid animal children talking pig so, boys cowgirls talking pig boys yes we're talking weird beaver children All i didn't right. know what that was it looked like a little goblin child <laughs> a beaver a groundhog a something woodchuck Mixed. woodchuck 
He was. It's the it's the guy from Caddyshack. Yeah, it That's does kind of look like that. Yeah, dancing Caddyshack. You're Shack really gopher. you're really pantomiming me today. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I I I'm not sure. I'm having a good hair day, so I keep looking at myself. Like, I keep checking myself out. Uh, so let's let's talk about this idea. It is not what I thought it was. What did you think you were gonna get with well, Sweet Tooth? If I knew it was post apocalyptic, I was purposely I picked Sweet Tooth because I'm like we've done so many post apocalyptic books. Let's do Sweet Tooth. <laughs> And then I get into it. I'm like, here's what I'm bitch. excited about. I had, I didn't read anything about it. I didn't, Me. I didn't even, I didn't even read like, here's, I didn't even read a synopsis of it at any point. Mm. And so I was like, I liked going in wonderfully clean on this. I don't even think I've ever looked inside of it. I've seen yeah. it everywhere. I've seen the covers, but I've never flipped the pages. I like Jeff Lemire. I like his art. So what did you think? I know we're, we're, we yeah. standing this out. What did you think? sweet tooth was about if someone's like what's sweet tooth about and you had to like what what was, <laughs> how far could you go you think how what would you say before i read it or after yeah, before read you it? read it before you read it before i read it i here's what i thought it was going to be about i thought it was going to be slice of life with a kid who has antlers i didn't know why he had it i thought it was going to be very throw throw away like like they don't really tell you why and it's not important yeah. it's just like the same way like that that book wonder where it's the kid with like the mutated face and he yeah. goes to school and the people have to learn how to accept sweet tooth that's what i that's i figured like maybe I, one the, of his parents mask? yeah one Remember of his the parents, mask yeah one of his parents really loves him the other one is unable to show him the love because of his until, deformity until until yeah, you know. he joins the baseball team and and uh, you know no, it has to be something with the antlers help him do something, right? Yeah, yeah, not gymnastics. Yeah. That'd be tough. No, no, that's a tough one. But like, he helps get cable access. Like, okay, so we're on the same page as far as yeah. we thought this was gonna be more underwater welder and less old but, man Logan. <laughs> but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna lay it out right now. I told you at the beginning. I didn't want to read this because I knew I'd want to read all of it. Travis, you know what I want to do? Read all of this? I want to read all of it. Yeah. I don't know how many issues there are. I don't know how many books there are. I think it's two on two or three of these style omnibuses. Well, then I'm in because... 24 to 50 issues, probably, I'm guessing, no more than 50. I read this. I really dug it. I dug it a lot. I And I can't... I think, like, Jeff Lemire... And my dog um, is chiming. Is that as your well. dog or your hybrid boy? It's my hybrid dog child, um, James. Uh, but we, I think for me, um, 46 issues. I, how many? 46 vertigo. Okay. So it might be four of those books, right? Mm-hmm. 32. Yeah. Somewhere in there. It's probably four of them. But I, that's not that many. I could read that. I don't have a problem with that. Not at this pace. Um, it's less than Why the Last Man. <laughs> Isn't less that wordy, why less last wordy. yeah yeah uh but this is very much you are but jeff lemire is a quick pace artist and 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 author right like his books flow very quickly this was 12 issues it didn't feel like 12 issues it was like 280 pages it didn't feel like that the first night i sat down i probably read like four issues the first night like 80 pages i was like oh how far i'm like did I put a dent in this? I'm like, I'm 80 pages in, right? Like that yeah. first night that I started reading it, I really dug the story. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It is super well paced. Um, and it's a book for these these comic books uh, that, that read very quickly. Uh, this is one, you can read it quickly. Or 
there is enough, which we'll talk about with the art later, that you can kind of sit in it a little bit longer. Because so much of the silent pacing, uh, you can just kind of like swipe, swipe, turn, turn, swipe. Okay, I get what's going on. Or you can really try to sit in the moment of those panels and and right. really kind of see how he's pacing out the story. So I like how it works as both a toilet read and also like a... Uh, you can really look at it and try to find where the camera is in the panels and what he's doing here. Yeah, I, I you know, Je- Jeff, Jeff Lemire is one of those... We've read some non-indie stuff of his, and I think his indie work is just, I, I think when he does this, his work, he's such a better writer. I didn't love, I didn't love his Animal Man all that much. Um, it was okay, but it felt like he was trying to, he was trying to do something instead of just telling a story, like it, he was too much in a box. This feels very good. I really enjoy this yeah i think you're right i think i i think it might come down to the pacing i mean you just have to pace uh mainstream comic titles a little bit differently you can't have a i guess you could but like an animal man or like a big dc or marvel title where there's not words on eight pages constantly issue after issue when you're doing a run you got to fill in that with story and it has to be more action typically uh and jeff lemire really shines when he's doing his independent work you're more of a jeff lemire fan than i am i am a jeff lemire fan but i am also he's also very hit or miss for me i'm not a big fan of his hero books that's what I'm saying. Like I didn't. I like Black Hammer. That's that's the book. I like Black Hammer. He did I Black Hammer. Couple, he did do yeah. Black Hammer. Yes. I read a couple volumes of Black Hammer. I liked it, but it is really like here's my. I can tell a slow paced or a or a weird story with DC characters, but they're not DC characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't as I, I like. I've read some of his indie stuff, and I just like it so much better. He does. I can't remember what it's called now. I read one. It was probably about a year or so ago that it came out. It was like about an ex hockey player who like um, comes back to his hometown. Why can't why can't I remember what it is now? But that one was really good. I like his stuff that feels heartfelt. There's some heart to it, and there's like some, you know, and this has that. I mean, you get a real, you get the good story of of like this sweet tooth who is this very sort of like naive, you know, young man. And then you get this very jaded, gruff Jeopard who is with him. And then, you know, their, their stories come together. Then they split apart and then they come back together. Right. But right. you get both of them and, and, and you really get to see the heart of both those characters and why Jeopard does the thing he does. And you want to hate him, but then you're like, oh, man, I get it. Right. I, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I think you're I think you're on the right track. I, I when I was reading this, once I got the premise, I was like, okay, I, I you know, I've seen this story before and I've seen these characters before. Mine is the antlers. I've seen these archi- the, the innocent versus the jaded, you know, uh, there's a little bit of lone wolf and cub in there as we see so many times in comic books. But I was enjoying it. I'm like, why am I enjoying this? What's Lemire doing as a storyteller? It is very much like it's the heart. It's very much like it's the heart. And it's very much like why was Logan a good movie? Right. Right. So like there's something about pairing that old grizzled guy with like that young. It's that built in pathos there. You can see the dichotomy, the juxtaposition of it. But it's, it's easy to say that a story has heart. But then when you try to define what gives a story heart, how would you do that? I mean, because we could say it's, a, it's an old way of saying, that, oh, it has a lot of heart or this character has a lot of heart to it. Yeah. But what, for I, you, what does that mean? 
I think you see the connections created over over and over again. You see Sweet Tooth connect to Jeopard and save him and put him on the horse and take him to someplace safe. You see him connect. There's one scene where um he comes back to the back to the corral where he meets the the other kids again, the other mutated kids again, and they all hug. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, damn, right? Like that little moment right there, somehow, even though Jeff Lemire's art, and we'll talk about it later, is not pretty, right? It's not yeah. pretty. It's a very, that moment felt very sort of like, um, there was just something very warm about that. You yeah, know? You're, you're right. I think you may, you hit a good point there where you're talking about how it's this consistency in that. Now, a lot of stories have moments of what we're calling heart in it, but the way that some authors are really good at building tension up through a story, Lemire is really good at that quote-unquote heart. And I think what it is, it's those consistent and constant moments of tenderness that the characters show to one another, either yeah. visually yeah, or yeah, yeah, verbally, yeah. that's there. And it's the same way that a, a mystery writer or a suspense writer would have those, like that ticking... Uh, uh, clock or or those that keeping that tension going for pages and pages and pages Lemire is able to do the same thing with this tenderness and, and heart and uh, sympathy um, so we never drop it for more than a few pages at a time now there are some shoot 'em up scenes in here there are some like it gets dark with some like yeah there's some pretty quick violence and stuff and, in there yeah and and, and that but Ne- we never go more than three or four pages without a visual or verbal representation of tenderness. Uh, and it builds throughout these, this uh, omnibus yeah. here. That, and, no, yeah. yeah, and you get to see, and although, and I mean, Jeopard is this, I, it, spoiler alert, you know that when you listen to the show, but like Jeopard, um, you see him build this connection. You're like, oh, he's going to save Sweet Tooth. He's taking him someplace. And then you realize, no. He's trading him in and you're like, what a, a jerk. And then you find out why in that issue where you follow what yeah. happened to Jeopard and you see like it's all so he could get the bones of his wife right, back. Right. And you're like, and then how did he get the bones? And then they get a little bit of a mystery there and a backstory. Yeah. Let me ask you this, though. Do you think, yeah. Lemire, as a reader, did you ever have any doubt that? Well, maybe there was some doubt, but were you pretty certain that Jeopard was not what he said he was doing? I don't, I think that, uh, that, you know, so Jeopard, no, that was, I mean, for the first like four or five issues, like we're taking you to this preserve, but there was so much built on in on there and also following the trope of this type of story, you know, there has to be this betrayal. And I don't think Lemire was trying to couch that. No, and I, I, it, it wasn't overly telegraphed, but at the same time, like it is very much, it's not like it, it isn't following certain story paths that have happened before or tropes or whatever you want to call it. But at the same time, I wasn't sure if it was going to turn right into a uh, road story, right? If it was really going to be that road trip Mm. story right away, because that's what I feel like it's going to be right. We know that he's going to like, you just feel like, okay, you know, Jeopard's coming back, right? Like the last scene you see him in, he's like, I'm going to kill them all again. Right. And you're like, okay, he's going to come save him. You know, it's going to happen. Um, but I wasn't, I was like, something's not right, but you just didn't know how soon it was going to happen. Um, or like, but it definitely, it, it, I wasn't sure if it was going to be the straight up road trip right away. It's like the movie Dutch. (laughs) 
Yes. <laughs> Where Al Bundy has yes. to go pick up like his new stepson from college, hates him. Uh, and you're like, this guy is going to dump him at the first sign. But over the long course of the road trip, he develops a heart. And you yeah. think that maybe that's what this whole entire series is. And by the time we get to the last six issues of whatever the 48 issue arc is, he'll have gone that turn. But no, right. we're setting that up early. Yeah. Well, and you're also setting up like sort of it makes me wonder what. I mean, we don't see them come back together, right? Like this ends, it doesn't end with Jeopard coming in and killing everybody and saving Sweet Tooth, but it it goes like Sweet Tooth is now with those other animal boys. He's been stripped of his own clothing. He's in the sort of rags that everybody else is in. And you know that Jeopard is on his way. Mm. Like he had this change of heart and you could see it and you could see him go like, all right, man, here it is, right? Like I did the wrong thing. I did the I did the worst thing possible um, because he has that memory of like telling that guy, like, if you're not helping, if you're helping them, you're just if you're letting it happen, you're just as bad as they are. Right. Right. And he's remembering that. And then you can see it flip where he's like, well, crap, I'm just as bad as they are. And right? there's this this thing with with Jeopard that we see with a lot of these types of characters is he is he is a man who is built for this type of world. Right. He's and he says he he's like, you know, I I can I can take hits. And we see him in the old hockey, you know, he's a hockey player. Yeah. Yeah. And he goes, I I Which is I very was, Jeff Lemire. Jeff yeah. Lemire being a Canadian loves hockey. There's hockey and everything. Yeah. He takes the hits and he's built for this. Uh but his wife has instilled in him this moral sense and moral compass. Yeah. Uh so he is this brute for justice. Uh, which is always nice to see in here. Let's talk about let's talk about our, our Gus, our, our Gus yeah. character and his background, um, how he was raised. Still a mystery. Um, again, spoilers. We we get we get a sense that his his dad dies early in in the book, but he's very. What's the word I'm looking for when you're religious but like devout in a way? Like a zealot. That, zealot. Thank you. He's yeah. this very religious zealot who almost becomes this prophet or apostle like figure where he believes he is getting, at least it's displayed to us. The, the words of God is speaking to him and he's journaling through yeah. them. And he doesn't want sweet tooth to leave the, his house, even after he dies because he's going to get locked away. What do you think about how that background of sweet tooth? Why, how does that fit into the story? The fact that he comes from this staunch religious bringing, how does that play into the story? I think it makes him well, you see it get trashed really early, but I think it makes him very trusting mm. early on. Right. Like you can't see the bad stuff. And I think what it allows you to do and it, we don't see it yet, but I think what it allows probably the rest of the story to do is have him continually. Not only does he have antlers and so he's probably a fish out of water, but because of this, what is he like nine years old or 10 years old when, when nine, this yeah. nine, like he has absolutely no understanding of the world at all. He doesn't know how bad it is. He doesn't know anything about it. And so I think like that gives you twice the naivete that you're, that you would get from a young character anyways, Yeah. but it's even more so. Storytellers um, do that a lot, don't they? They use a religious background as a way to amp up the naivete of a character. It's weird that right, religion or, becomes that, that vehicle for that. I guess it would well, maybe attach like homeschool kids to or something right, like that. Well, I would, there's a show on HBO max. I can't remember what it's called yet, but it's got the, it's got the, I can't remember what it's called. It's the girl from, uh, um, game of Thrones, like the young one. 
the mm, with Aria. the with the yeah, it's Aria, and she is like her mom's a doomsday prepper. And so she's been removed from the rest of the world because her mom's like a doomsday prepper and she like runs away. And like she realizes like the world isn't what it is, right? And so like that was really interesting, right? She thinks uh, you like, sold me on that. I'd watch that. It's it, I, I watched the first couple episodes, it's pretty good. Um, but it's that same idea, right? It gives your character. I mean, everybody fresh loves eyes, that fresh eyes, fresh yeah. eyes. And, and, and really like, how do you do a fish out of water story? If it's not like time travel or I'm on a new planet, right? Like that sort of thing, you know, Thor one, right. That first Thor movie. Um, so that's the thing where I think like, it's the way to, to paint the problems of the world on a fresh character. Right. Because there's nothing right. there and you can't have a baby. You know, I mean, sometimes you can't have a baby, but like, it's not an interesting character to have dialogue with. So we like, well, how can we put this character into the most childlike, innocent state yeah. possible, but still have them be of an age where they can interact with other characters? And that's by yeah. giving them like in a bomb shelter or, you know, in a really religious right. background or in the in woods. My, Nell. Like in my head right now, like my son is 10. Right. And then I really think of like, OK, Sweet Tooth is supposed to be a nine-year-old going through all of this. And I'm like, I think he may have made him too young. I Like in my head, I'm like, that's very young to like go out on your own and right. Like save they, a man and put him on a, like get him on a they horse. They do and, counter like, it from the fact that his, his dad had taught him like survival skills and he right. was raised in the cabin. So if you, if Renner was raised like in the backwoods of Montana you're probably and, you, right. you're probably and you were, right. and you were a little bit burlier, Josh. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes. Maybe. Uh, but I like, I like, that's the one thing I'm like, wow, that's a very young character. And so I'm curious, like how long over time does this story take? How, how much growth do we get? um out of sweet tooth i, I also like quite a bit I, I'm, I'm feeling quite a bit i don't know if he will change like that that naive table change so much because i he's called well, sweet that's tooth. part of the heart yeah right, right? Part of the he's heart sweet of it, tooth. Right? not just because he likes candy but because he's a sweet boy he's a sweet boy he's a sweet boy <laughs> um so i i i um what did you think about sort of the so this hinges on this mystery that both you and I didn't expect it to hinge on, right? Like you and I, had and we this don't very, know like, what we don't know the mystery yet because we 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 don't know the outcome. Like why, where Sweet Tooth actually? But what did you think of it as a device, as as like the story? What was your thought? Pro For me, I'm gonna let you. you yeah. know, so what did you think of this sort of mysterious thing? I will say I really liked the way he revealed the turn of like, well, is he not born naturally because? He was born before the virus hit and the other kids like the started first, developing. He's like, yeah, he's and, like the first hybrid. The way they do it is like, you don't have a belly button. And I was yeah. like, oh, that's cool. Oh, you're right. I guess, I don't know how that holds up as far as things are, but I'm like, oh, what a what a cool way to, to turn that card over in the story and reveal that mystery right. visually. Um, right, because that's the medium, right? It's a visual yeah. medium. Um well, how did you think it like for I'm going to I'm going to state yeah, go ahead, this give yours, wanna, give yours because yeah. it's, it's weird for to me to ask yeah. you a question. It feels too yeah, leading yeah. Um, for me. That was the least that's the least interesting part of the story. That's the part that I don't I care about the least mm. I, for me. I want to see the road trip. I want to see what happens. I want to see the 
the travel and him get through it. I don't know that I'm all that concerned about why is he, you know, what is the disease? Why is he a, is he a test tube animal baby? Like that stuff doesn't, I don't like, I'm not, that doesn't matter to me. And so I yeah. wonder like, is it only there for the genre to, to satisfy the tropes, to satisfy the genre and to satisfy people coming after him? Right. Cause why else do you come after him? If there's a bunch of hybrid kids, right. Why else? Are what makes after him it? special? Yeah. Why is he the right. central figure? Why couldn't it have been the beaver boy that, you know, Jeppy picked up or, or any right. of that stuff? No, I agree. I think it is. I much more into the road trip and the relationship aspect than the mystery. Uh, I think one from a, a, a comic book standpoint where it's issue after issue, having that mystery in there does keep people on the hook. If they want that, I think you and I can read this story without that being in there and, right. and, and want to do that. And I think a lot of people can as well, well but some we, get people, to read it, we get to read it after the fact, right? Yeah. Not, I, not reading it month to month. I'm well, going to tell you when it's on the no, rack sorry, and you, and you have a certain amount to spend on your Wednesday, your Wednesday warrior, right. and you have a certain amount to spend, like you need something, you need that bait there. This would have been hard for me to read, I think, in single issues. Oh, I'm going yeah. to like it's a really quick paced. And I think I would have and I, I felt the same thing about I mean, uh, if we want to talk about Saga ended up being the same way. I was like, I can't read it in sync. Like I started in trades and then I moved to single issues and I was like, I can't do that anymore. And Saga is even like, more because there are just so many more characters in it. Right. But it moves. Yeah. So like every issue felt like I read it in two minutes. Right. And. I this because the way Lemire paces, because of the way he um, his art style, because of the way he does his panel layout. There's a lot of non-verbal panels, right? Mm. Um, I think I would have been someone who's like, okay, I can't do this. I got to wait for trades. Not because I don't like it, because I really, really like it. But like twenty pages go, can go by like that, and if that's what, I mean, that's what those Wednesday comics are. I I'm super happy. I got to read 12 issues and it like, I didn't feel like I read 12 issues, you know, right. if so you talk about the mystery thing, not necessarily grabbing, but not bad. It's not bad. No, like, not no, it's not that, bad. That is... It's just, that's not the thing that that's not the thing that has me interested in. I th again, it comes back to the heart has me interested in it. Other right? than Jeppy and Gus, uh, what other characters do you find intriguing? Either, uh, there's not a lot of straight up good characters in this it's, no. you know, middling ground. Um, I I hope that we get to learn more about the dad because um, we we lose the dad really quick. But why? That's the mystery I want to know. I don't care about the the sickness or whatever it is. I kind of want to know, like, who is this guy? Why mm -hmm. is he super religious? Right. Like, did that happen afterwards? I mean, that's an intriguing character. And then the doctor. The doctor. Probably, I agree that last issue is like the doctor's recordings. And I really dug that as a device. I really dug the sing tapes as sort of a device to get us to understand what was happening. Um, I, I really liked that as both. Not only are you getting the current story with sweet tooth, but along the bottom, you're getting like what had happened leading up to this point. And I thought that was a, that's a really cool way to do a comic. And it's again, one of those things you can only do in a comic book, right? right? Because if this was a show, the sing tapes would just be an episode, right? When right. they make Bottle, this yeah. thing, 
you don't get to do both at the same time. And I think that's what makes an issue like this really cool is you get the juxtaposition of what's happening to Sweet Tooth at the same time you're learning about, you get an info dump about it, what happened in the world. quite a dilemma for uh, a scientist to in, uh, encounter wells when your species is dying off and and time is of the essence and you don't have the moral uh breath the moral uh the the time to be moral and and, and do things and it becomes about like well it's like animal testing you know it does yeah. there is something like animal testing where now they are partially human but it's like hey in order to save our species this isn't the way i'd want to do this this isn't moral but Time is of the essence. We got to cut these yeah. kids open. Well, I do really like that last, that last, the last um, sort of panel in the sing tape. He goes, um, as amazing as they are, the hybrids, once we discovered that they were immune to it, it became clear we had no choice. Mm-hmm. And still, we can make no sense of it. More and more of my fellow doctors and scientists die while more and more of them are born. It's a sick race. One I silently fear we cannot win. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's like great. You go like, okay, I can you forgive the terribleness of it? And I don't know you like I don't know you can. That's the interesting part about I think when in Jeff Lemire's writing is he poses this sort of like challenge. Are they himself. good? Are yeah. they bad? Is it you know, um, but I very, very uh Sophocles Aristotle yeah. moral question. Is it okay to bend uh morality in order to save humanity? Right, right. Um, but I, I, um, this was a, this was a, I'm, I'm in man. What do you think I'm about the, the next one on this? Um, I like Jeff. I want, let's, talk, art. let's talk art and then let's talk about what we saw in the Netflix trailer. Yeah. yeah. I like art. I like Jeff Lemire's art a lot. It only works for him. I don't know that I'd want to read a bunch These of books like this. Fugly ass characters. <laughs> yeah, they are. They're terribly ugly. They're gross. I don't they look think like I'd the, want... he draws these faces like the knots on a tree. Yes, that's a Jeopard's face looks like knots on a tree, right? A little um, bit a Southern Bastards. Uh, who did? Southern yeah, Bastards. it's yeah. yeah, it's that Jason. Jason even Aaron more, even more the... sketchy than. Uh, yeah, than I I enjoy the art, but I can tell you that it's not for everybody. I no. like it because I think it I think it suits the sort of off the beaten path story that Jeff Lemire often tells. I think it, it, it lends itself. You had said it earlier. It's like a, it's like a fairy tale, like an ugly fairy tale mm-hmm. or a dark fairy tale. That's what the art is. It's dark That's fairy true. tale. Right? Yeah. Like, like first, like the, the, when they used to have prints of fairy tales, when they weren't like kids books, but you'd see like a yeah. print of, of that. And they'd be, it'd be very, it's very gnarled. Do you think that if this was more polished art, leaning more towards house or even just a little bit more polished up, would you lose anything in the story? Uh, or oh, sometimes, sometimes you can't, you're like, Oh, it has to be in this art story or else you're let's make it. It's a vertigo book. So what comes to mind is, uh, what if we're the art from fables, right? Mm-hmm. Cause that's very vertigo. That's very like house vertigo style. I don't think I'd like it as much. Mm-hmm. I think the I think Lemire's art and pacing, because he's both the writer and the artist, he gets to fully flesh out what he wants to do. Um, I really liked, or let's say it looked like Why the Last Man. I don't, 
I think because it's this dark fairy tale, you don't want it to look too realistic and house sometimes looks too polished. I think you want sweet tooth to look weird. You want this character to look not, you don't want any of the characters. Yeah. You want everything to kind of look otherworldly. Right. And it's also like, I think, I think what Lemire is doing is there's a slow burn on, he's going to make us like these characters. Some of these characters that we don't like. Right. I think he's going to make us like them. And it's almost another challenge to the reader is how can you like something that is visually ugly? Yeah. Yes. I agree. Also, um, but I, oh, you mentioned Vertigo. Again, I, I, I might have to state it just on the record here and just say Vertigo is my favorite imprint of all time. I think, oh, I they, think they they put out some of the best, you know, so, in that in that late 90, in that like late 90s, early 2000s era of Vertigo, they put out some of the best stuff, right? If, like, I, if I had to pick of losing a publisher, uh, <laughs> no, uh, only having one publisher and still reading comics, I, I think if you had a Desert Island publisher... I got to go Vertigo. Well, they're not around anymore, so you wouldn't get anything new. But um, I agree, man. Like, look, I just read that entire Animal Man run, which is all Mm -hmm. Vertigo, right? Like, it was was a blast. They did stuff that you just weren't doing in normal comics that you couldn't do in the big two at that time, you know, because Image wasn't Image. I mean, it was around, but it wasn't doing that, right? Mm -hmm. Image was making mature superhero comics right yeah. it was making spawn and savage dragon and and it and vertigo was able to create mature books that had more mature themes and, and stuff like without that out being superheroes um, all the time right yeah. without being superheroes all the time and I, I look i dig jeff lemire's art i know that it's not for everybody um i the coloring was hit or miss for me sometimes i really liked the coloring uh, it felt very painterly in some aspects. And then other times it looked almost too digital in a couple places. I agree. Um, I agree. Especially when the brighter panels. Yes. Yeah. But I did. Um, I. It is a, a muted color palette for most of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very muted it feels, and you had mentioned it earlier, Southern Bastards. Um, you know, this is before, this is before Southern Bastards, but barbecue. It's, it's in that same sort of like Southern barbecuey, ambery color, right? It's a very sort of like you're looking at it, you're looking at everything through a through a Budweiser bottle, right? Yeah. Like that's that's what it feels like. You're that's looking good. at it. Oh, and I like that description, right? Like that's what it feels like, and um, I. I liked it. So I would say um, the the art fits the story. It feels yeah. like a dark fairy tale. It looks like a dark fairy great tale. Great covers as well. I like his. his oh, cover the covers are great. Yeah. The covers are great. So here you, you mentioned it. So let's talk about it. We both watched the trailer for it coming to Netflix. Um, Do you think this is that's a this is that's a good medium for this story? Or you think it's just like, I mean, I mean, it's like, well, I'm not going to not take it, uh, but. Do you I don't think, this think is, I don't like, think you could do a movie. I don't want it. I think a movie's. I mean, I, having only read this first volume uh, or the first twelve issues, you can't make it a movie. You'd have to spin through everything way too fast. Um, you'd probably have to cut out a whole bunch, which maybe you could do if you wanted to do like a two-hour film, and you could hit a, a beginning, I'd have middle, to read and the end. rest of the arc to see if that. Yeah, right. Um, but I, my only beef is that. 
And I guess maybe not. Like we just talked about, like the trailer looks very much like a fairy tale. And more right? road trippy side than, uh, you know, the, there are some scenes of them like in the laboratory, but it seems like the way they're doing it is this sweeping fairy tale road trip uh, where it's right. a lot of and, trekking. Well, I'm curious, like, if you think you can only do two seasons of this with that, which at Netflix is like, what, maybe 10 episodes a piece, you probably have to burn through this volume pretty quickly. And you could because Jeff Lemire's pacing allows for that, right? Like you could break this up probably into what would be um, not that many episodes, right? right. To tell your story. What do you, um, you, do you end it on the reveal of like, he has no belly button? And your first season? No, I think I think we haven't seen it yet, but I think your first season, if it's not the if it's not the what I assume is an impending rescue of Sweet Tooth, mm-hmm. like I think that that's where you, I think that's what you would do. And I'm curious, like, do you blow past that? Because I don't know what the rest of the series looks like, but could this tale be your first half of the first season? Like, right, I see, I see. Up until the rescue, could that be your first half of the first season? And then you, I don't know what comes next. Then you take him on, you know, I read the back matter. So I kind of, it was like, there's some spoilers in here because you can read Jeff Lemire's pitch. I don't know if you read the pitch for it at the end of the book. I really, I thought I was like, okay, cool. I like, I like what he pitched for this thing. Um, But I wonder like, can you get through this pretty quickly? Because this, the pace, like we said, the pacing on this is super quick. Well, it's going to answer our question about Jeff Lemire's art, whether it's servicing the story or is there a better way to do that? Because they're really, it looks like the trailer is really stylized, like really cinematic. And so if compared to this very like workman sketchy, you know, style, if we polish that up in its most grandest sense, does it make yeah. the story even more endearing? I I think you can definitely, because having him look like a, like in Sweet Tooth looks like a nine-year-old, right? Yeah. He looks like a young boy. And that makes it, that, make, that makes the stakes feel He's higher. He's a cute boy too. Like right, it, it's that like, makes the stakes higher. That makes yeah. it feel a little more like, um, okay, you really don't want to see this kid get, you know, anything bad happened to him because of what he, because he looks like a, a real kid, right. Or he looks younger. Yeah. You know, well, another point of, of why you have to cram in the story is because that actor is going to get old. And I don't know if, if, if sweet tooth has to kind of remain in this age, I'm not sure if he ages up a lot during this arc or not. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I, I agree with you though. Like I think you had mentioned it before we did the show. You're like, it, it feels Wes Anderson-y. Mm-hmm. And oh, I would agree with you. Almost, it's almost there, but it definitely feels like like Tim Burton fairy tale, right? Mm-hmm. Like when Tim yeah. Burton did Big Fish. Yes, you know what I mean? That's a, that's a better that's, one, Big Fish. Yeah, that's what it. That's what it felt like to me, like a, a little saccharine, but at the same time, a darkness Older behind stylized. it. I mean, when you, see, I mean, maybe it's the flannel. That flannel. Flannel. You know, that flannel flannel. in in the woods in a really polished, uh, you know, soft uh, lens. Yeah. Mm, That's good stuff. Looks good. Looks good. It looks good. good. So who do you who do you give this to, Trap? Actually, we didn't do we didn't do panels. Let's do panels. panels. Oops. Let me go ahead and get slide. I'm going to I'm going to cheat. I'm going to cheat. Oh, how do I I get? Yeah, go ahead. Go give yours. Can I cheat? 
All right. So uh, we did remember everybody that we did book one, which is like a deluxe, you know, 290 pages. Mine is on page 251. Uh, and it is uh, Jeff Lemire doesn't. This is a very from what I've read from Jeff Lemire. This is a very un Jeff Lemire panel. The fight scene at the top of this page mm-hmm. is a series of eight panels. And I'm going to choose it as my panel. OK, because it. it's it, not a splash page. It, it only happens like on two pages, the entire book, right? You get this weird panel where he is. So he is, he's let out of his cell. Jeopard is, and it's a fight scene and it, all of the panels are in red. It's violent. It's this, this punch and broken nose and gouged eyes and stomped on heads. And he does it again on the sec on the next, uh, on the next panel, uh, on the next page. But I really, that's the kind of pacing that's like Jeff Lemire pacing right there. Like instead of telling you this fight scene over a couple pages, I'm going to give you the bloody pulpiness of it in this eight panel at the top. And then yeah. I'm going to give you the flip side of it on the next page, eight panels, but there's still a big panel on both of them, right? There's still this, there's still action and dialogue. Those are like an inset of what oh, just happened. Right. right. Um, Again, it's a very comic booky thing you can do, and you can only do it in comic books. And I think that allows Jeff Lemire to do his pacing the way you want him to do his, like the way he does his pacing, so quick and so clean. What's yours, I, bud? I picked on two twenty six in the actual book. So at one point, the doctor is hypnotizing. Sweet Tooth, uh, and you get to do some really fun stuff with uh, kind of yeah. like dream sequence, stuff like that. And on 226, we have this panel, it's a series of panels, but I like either the first one or the second one on there. It's where the doctor, uh, uh, Sweet Tooth's head is cut off in, um, I guess it would be, what's the orientation there? Um, por- uh, it's like, por- it's like horizontal and yeah. it's like half of his face. Yeah. It's cut on, on there. And then the characters are on his head and you see the doctor coming out of his ear, like a doorway, like going into his head. Uh, and that yeah. was this really kind of fun way of, of showing hypnotism and, and getting into a person's memories. Uh, and it's just, it's just cool with the antlers on there. Yeah. The a pop- very, it's again, a very sort of like, fairy tale feeling a very sort of like um stylized way some again something you could do in comics but i think this would be an interesting thing to show in the series right right you could do it and i think it adds to that sort of big fish sort of like vibe or if you want to do wes anderson the the uh what's the dog movie he did island of dogs or yeah Isle the Dog or um, Fantastic Mr. Fox, right? Like he's right. done it with that sort of stuff, huh. you know? Stop motion would be an interesting way to tell the story. That yeah. kind of stop motion, claymation style. Again, it, it, it lends that idea of like, so Tim Burton, Yeah, it feels like Wes Anderson doing Tim Burton yeah. when he does those. And maybe we're getting a lot. It did feel very much like a live Neil, action version little, of that. A little Neil Gaiman mixed in there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's I think good. that go, I think that goes to who I'd recommend this, this to. Neil Gaiman, Tim Burton. That that I, we've said that term, dark fairy tale. Uh, it does kind yeah. of fall into a more contemporary 
uh, version of that story. Um, and uh, I could see high schoolers. I know high schoolers. Like I, I see the stuff. Some some there's a certain type of high schooler that kind of digs. They read that a lot stuff. of manga. Yeah, almost. I don't know if this is a a, a complete you know A to to Z no. from manga to this, but there is that kind of alternative modern alternative dark yeah. fairy tale i mean if you, they're if still teacher, they're still you know, they're still wearing their tim burton t-shirts right exactly like, that movie yeah, came yeah. out when you were three yeah if you like <laughs> nightmare before christmas and corpse bride you'll probably like sweet tooth <laughs> ding 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 <laughs> i mean I, I really does have that vibe to it not um i i would agree with you it's the same thing i think that this is a it's an interesting story so far um my only deal is it doesn't end where you're like, oh, cool, it ended. Yeah. Right? It doesn't end on a clean note. Sometimes we read a trade or a graphic novel uh, and it feels like, oh, you could end there and it's fine. I don't, I imagine this ends on 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 book, it's probably six and six, right? When you read this. So it's probably what, 140 pages in at some point. I actually think the last, the, the last issue is the tapes from the thing. I think that actually would have been a good starter to the next volume as kind of like a recap on an issue that recaps kind of the things and goes into yeah. it. But then the issue before that isn't a really clean break either. So I don't know. Right. And so I, it, I, uh, I don't know. Like I, that's my only deal. It's like, I don't know that it, it's helpful to, um, I don't know. It'd be tough for me to um it'd be tough for me to say like just read this and you're good. So that's that's the tough part for me because I think it's it's quite sad. It's quite you know, does it end when he when he leaves? I think maybe the first volume ends with him leaving him at the preserve. That might not be a bad place to end. To end and it. you go like, yeah. "Oh crap." Um Yeah, I I that might be that might be good. Um, but it definitely, I'm at the person where I'm going to, I'm going to get the, I'll probably pick up the second volume tonight. I think I'll probably do, um, I might save, I might put it all loaded on there. It might be a plane ride read. Cause that's, that's, that's actually, it'd nice. probably be a great plane ride read. Yeah. If I were flying somewhere more soon than September, I'd be like, yeah, this is a that, because it reads quick. Yeah. Cause sometimes when I read on a plane, I can't read for that long. Exactly. Right? You sleep, this, you kind of drift off, yeah. wake up and you're like following it. Yeah. And also yeah, it this, seems like it's going to have a good, I got a feeling it's going to have a good punch at the end. And when you have that low oxygen on an airplane, it really brings out all the, the feels of a heartfelt, like right. you're just like crying. Right. You're like, why am I crying at, you know, uh, this stupid movie. <laughs> and, but I, I think I, I, I'm, I'm picking up the next one. There's no way yeah. around it. So that's, that's my, that's my two cents, folks. You should read it. Um, you should check it out. Interesting, you... interesting start to this. Uh, well, it's not a start. Now we're well into uh, uh, May here, but some good books this year we've picked up. Some it's going to have... be the end. The end of the year roundup is going to be interesting. It is. It is going to be an interesting way to round it's this dark, out. Dark, dark year. <laughs> it is. And so tra Travis and I, uh, we are uh, as always. You know that you can find all of our all of our episodes on your favorite podcast app or over on the website, punk rock classroom or punk rock classroom. <laughs> That's what happens when you do two podcasts. Yeah, exactly. You can find all of our episodes over at comic Uh, the show notes, all of that good stuff is there. Um, and then Travis and I are getting ready to embark on. Oh, a... We're going to wait, wait. Let's say that for the variant. Cause we have a, a variant. Oh, okay. X, and we yes. got some, we got some news coming down the pipe. 
Not, we, it's not like we're breaking look, up or anything, but we yeah. all have a, we have a summer event every summer because we're just like the big two. We got to do something to keep yeah. you listening over the summer. So Travis and I are stoked for something that we're going to try out this summer. See how it works. Um, you're, it's either going to be hurtful for people because they're not. It might not work out for them to like read what we're reading, but we're going to give it a shot. We're going to yeah. try to be. We're going to try to be current boys, Travis. Yeah. Or Travis, we're going to try to be current boys. Uh, so. We want you to check that out, but we've got a variant coming up, um, and you know those are always a blast. I pitched this to Travis in message, but I don't know if he saw it yet or not. Oh, I don't think so. We got to do another pitch club, buddy. But here's oh, what yes, I yes, do. yes. I did see that. Yeah, I want Doctor Dan on for pitch club, mm-hmm. and I want to talk. We were just talking. Doctor Dan's a Batman fan, mm-hmm. and and recently in a chat, um, I shared that I had read uh, Batman Universe. I think is what it's called, mm-hmm. uh, and it felt very much like old Brave and the Bold Batman. Mm-hmm. I want to do a pitch club where we pitch our Batman team up. Batman team up. Batman, done a Batman pitch club. No, huh? that's Batman odd. and one other character. Batman team up. I want that. I don't brave think, and the bold. I don't think pitch Batman club. really made his way into much of our DC pitch club either. No, because when we did when we did our uh, our Justice League, we're like we neither you and I wanted to pick the Trinity. Yeah. I think so you might have showed up off. in a couple of our pitches. Interesting. All right. I'm yeah. down for that. So that's my that's my pitch club that I, we haven't done a pitch club in a while. Mm, maybe we'll maybe we'll have to make that pitch club when we all three can get in the same room. Together. Yes, that'll yeah. probably be when when Travis joins us over the summer. We're gonna do that pitch club, uh, but we'll call um, it the I, Brave, Bold, and Beers. Yes, the Brave pitch and the club. Beers, <laughs> Brave, Bold, <laughs> Beers right. pitch club. <laughs> uh, so so again, thank you so much for tuning in. If you listen to us on iTunes, don't forget us to give a lovely rating. If you follow, if you're on Spotify, I think you can now do that on Spotify too. I think they've changed the way mm-hmm. they do everything. Uh, they do have like a top rated podcast now. So oh, if do you they? follow oh, nice. us, yeah, if you follow us, if you do that thing, we can show up for other folks. They can check us out. Don't forget, we've got merch. If you need a sweet T-shirt for the summer. You can find a rad comic exposure t-shirt of Travis and I just to support the show and be cool dudes. Did you, you see I made, I made the change on that last t-shirt? I did based, not. No, I based have, on your, I, your humdrum response. You're like, well, actually I looked at it and I'm like, oh, fuck. I gotta go look, and change the things. But it's on I'm there. A, I got mine coming a, in the mail. That's exciting. So go check it out. There's a there, look. Does a mall baby, does a mall babe eat chili fries? <laughs> does a mall babe eat chili fries? You could get a sweet Jubilee comic exposure t-shirt. All you profits can get go one. To, uh, I change it so all the profits that do go to um, uh, Greenpeace. Really? Mm-hmm. Look at you. I'm going to go in and act, I'm actually going to go in and change it for all our shirts, but I didn't see that option before. I think it's a new option, so... Uh, I don't know if it shows up on, I'm sure maybe it shows up when you, when you buy it or whatever, but yeah, all our profits don't go to us. So, uh, if you want to support that cause, there were a couple of causes to choose from and we're men of the world. Yeah. We so. love, we love the world. Right. We love the world. <laughs> we, love- we love so chili fries. Yeah. So go, go check it out. You can get a comic exposure. That's the one I'm going to order. I'm going to get the comic exposure rules. Sure. Mm-hmm. That's the one that I'm going to get. Uh, yeah, I, I got to get, I, I haven't, uh, ordered. Well, I shouldn't say that. Yeah, I order these shirts all the time. <laughs> They're great. <laughs> <laughs> so, folks, thanks for tuning in. We will see you on the next episode because Travis and I love talking comic books. And we'll see you next trade.